Roxo Media House. Welcome back, everyone. We are Fortitude. That character there, Britton Payne, J.W. Wilson, brought to you by our friends at Cap Tech Bank. Are we, we really only, doing this? I we mean, are that, really, that's it. That was such an you introduction. Get your, uh, you want to get your surfing and pedal steel <laughs> comments out of the way before we start? Alex, do you have any questions about those things for me right now, or is it your interview today? What is the pedal steel? I play pedal steel. Oh, you don't even know what it is? It's okay. Don't give no, me started. No, it's just like pickleball with roller skates. Yeah, pretty close. The voice you're hearing <laughs> is one Alexander Chandler. Thank you for coming to the show on 42. We really appreciate the time. You, sir, have an amazing story, which we're going to go through tonight. It's almost too good to be true at times. And I know it's true because you've told it to me many times and I've I've known you for a while. Has it been the same each time you've it's told it It's never changed. It's never changed. You're not going to believe what this guy knows. It's incredible. Alexander, 26 years of realtor here in Fort Worth, had a company. He's now in an Alexander advisory group doing something different, but the guy's been around. He's got a family tree that's way past anything you and I could could ever speak to, yeah. but we are great. We're glad, grateful to have you here, man. Uh, 1968, born in Austin. Uh, yeah. You got here as quick as you could, but your story is way longer than that. So let's get to the very gist of it. Tell us how your family first started and where they came from. My family first started uh, and... In 1620 in the United States, which was uh, Nicholas Martu, whose great grands, whose daughter married George Washington. Okay. And the president. George Washington, the president. He had no a- George Washington, uh, no, George Reed was George Washington's grandfather. And George Washington's sister is my great, 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 great grandmother. But it goes that even was five further. greats, Britain. Yes, but it goes even further than that. My great-grandmother, when she fell off a horse at about the turn of the century, did all the research and researched our family all the way back to Robert the Bruce. Remember him from the movie Braveheart? I do. He was the Scott who kind of played both ways, right? Like, That's right. He kind yes. of, is this, was it that guy? Yes. And yeah. so what she did was, in order to find out the lineage, uh, she wrote churches and things, and that's how you find who you really are because tax records, birth records were all kept by churches. Mm-hmm. So she wrote letters and found yeah. all, all this, all these So things. have you spent a lifetime kind of looking up your story like this? I haven't had to do it because it's all in books and on paper. And uh-huh. over there I brought with this Taylor's a tabernacle, which traces the Taylor family all the way, all the way back of which uh, Harriet James Taylor also was a, uh, uh, she was a descendant of James Madison's, James Madison as well. Also oh, really? a president, Britain. Britain. Yes. Yes. So we well, let's, have let's, presidential yeah. blood here. I think yeah. we do. Well, let's fast <laughs> forward from Robert the Bruce. That's obviously quite a bit of time ago. The, the, your relatives that landed in the United States on this in this continent, let's start there. That's a good place to start. Okay. It, get, it gets pretty wild, but that's a good place 1600s, to start. 1600s. It gets we're starting here. Well, 1492 is when the Columbus sailed the he, ocean they, blue. He mentioned 16. Right. What was the first? 1620. Case? There yes. you go. Let's Thank go with you. that. Nick, Nicholas Mart, Martin, and he was a Huguenot. And be, a lot of people came over here because of the re- religious persecution. Okay. And then uh, George Reed, who was George Washington's uh, great grandfather, came over. Um, he was he came over for a uh, land grant. Okay. So they're here. So they're here. And uh, so George Washington's sister married a guy, Colonel Fielding Lewis, who was my father's namesake and my grandmother's maiden name was Lewis. Okay. So we can trace that all the way back. That one's pretty simple. Yeah. And then 
let's go from there. Let's pre- let's get to Texas. So yeah, okay, how do we get here in San Antonio? Uh, the King Philip II of Spain wanted two hundred families from the Canary Islands uh, to come to the United States, and my great uh, great 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 grandfather was one of the sixteen original families that settled the uh, settlement of Bejar which now became San Antonio. And his great-granddaughter married John William Smith, who was the last messenger of the Alamo. Oh, wow. And mm. he, there's a statue of him. And when you drive by, it looks like he's jumping over the wall because he's on the horse. Okay. It's the biggest statue there. Yeah. One of the original f- families in San Antonio. Yes. And then it, some, some of your family becomes prominent citizens of San Antonio, correct? Yes, the first mayor of San Antonio. First mayor. First mayor. And uh, then... Actually, one of my great great grandfather and was the first one to can chili con carne. We're really proud of that too. To can it? Yes. I didn't know you did that. What? Explain. Well, you take chili con carne, you put it in the can. Oh, thank you. And you can it. But uh, let's let's. What What is a popular brand of chili con carne that one might find on the shelves? The Chandler family name. <laughs> no, is that it, was, it, his, his name was Tobin. Okay, but. Uh, Let's get to Fort Worth if, okay, if okay. you want to get to that because this is fortitude. Yep. But wait a minute. Let me ask some. It says you, your parents met, your mom and dad met at Fiesta. At the Fiesta in San Antonio. What? Okay. So not Fiesta, Texas. No. Like, um, I'm thinking, I didn't think they had that then. That was the that was my first tip of, I don't know if we got the truth here when I read the thing and it says meeting at Fiesta. I figure they're like at the Six Flags of San Antonio. That That's not accurate, correct? No, no. And okay. um, so what is the fiesta? The, fie- the fiesta is just an annual uh, spring fiesta in San Antonio. Okay. Just uh, a big celebration. Yep. And uh, it's their largest celebration of the year. And my uh, parents were kind of put together and um, they wound up liking each other. And okay. uh, what the irony is, is uh, my mother's grandmother did research on my father to make sure that he was of like of, of good kind. Oh yeah. Right. Well, I we, think so. We right? found the letter. Mm-hmm. We found the letter. Yeah. That his lineage was okay. Then did they, did they meet up? Then they came back up here or uh, did, were they, they from here? My, um, my family first got to Fort Worth in, uh, 16, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, 1836. Both of, uh, John William Smith, who was the last messenger of the Alamo, uh, he also was at the Battle of San Jacinto because he took the last messenger out. And when he came back, everybody was gone. So then on my mother's side, Jacob Matthews was in the Battle of San Jacinto and he got one of the first land grants mm-hmm. because everyone that was at the Battle of San Jacinto or at the Alamo, their family got a land grant. Yeah. About 640 as a thank acres. you As a thank you prize. As a thank you prize. No, right. It's nice of them. So, thanks for um, risking your life. Thanks for dying, actually. So yeah. <laughs> he, chose, he chose to plot a land out near Benbrook where the Clear Fork River was. Okay. And then so he had a, a ma- he was, started cattle ranching and actually had made an agreement with the... Uh, with the local Indian tribe that he could ra- ra- uh, raise his cattle and because it wasn't, uh, uh, it, it was, they weren't very pleased to have white settlers there. Oh, okay. So, yeah. And right. And so supposedly there was a ceremony under a tree and we used to shoot fireworks, uh, out by this little lake where all that happened. But, uh, then, um, he, 
uh, guy, J.W. Corn. Do you remember that old ranch house out 377, that old white ranch house across from Whitestone yeah. uh, Golf Course? That was my great-great-grandfather's house. And his name was what? J.W. Corn. That's a heck of a name. I mean, that's you could go far with that name, I is think. Is this what John this is Lynn. about? Is This is really about J.W.'s lineage and no. where he comes from? Well, my last name is Wilson and Corn. I don't think Oh, I thought two. it was Corn. No. Was it? Oh, no, my bad. no. Okay, yeah, keep JW, going now. J.W. Fitz, it's a powerful name. You get your own show yeah, with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, so um, so J.W. had amassed a humongous, a humongous uh, cattle empire. And unfortunately, he bought a bunch of Hereford cattle and, uh, and went belly up. And a couple of us, he had eight children and a couple of them turned on him. Oh, wow. Tried to have him declared incompetent. Mm -hmm. And um, he was worth millions and millions of dollars at the time. But the problem was his uh, bankers, they started calling his notes and he wound up wound up going bankrupt. But we uh, still had some of the ranch and my grandfather fought it from night from it started in 1923 and we were still fighting for the mineral rights and things oh really and so yeah it was kind of a bad thing where the family totally split and one side was trying to take his money and the other side was trying to keep it yeah and the only ones that profited were the banks how, mm. how big was that ranch right there uh oh. that ranch it was as far as you could see it was uh i think that one was about eight ten thousand acres but he owned over a hundred thousand acres oh wow so the bank ultimately the got it took it back from him uh, bank bankers, yes, Got and it. a federal judge wound up getting getting some of the property. And my uncle was investigating it once, and a court a courthouse burned down where one of the venues were. Oh. But this is interesting. One of his ranches was the ranch in Van Horn, Texas, mm -hmm. where uh, and I've actually been there. We drove by there once, and that was where Jeff Bezos' uh, his spaceship spaceship landed. Was, oh, was really? on the former ranch of J.W. Corn. Oh, no. And really. it said the and it, and it said the corn ranch on the on that's the, where he has that perpetual TV. clock built into the mountain where it'll never lose time or something like that. Well, that's where his the first spacecraft that Jeff Bezos went in where it landed. Oh, wow. Was in Van Horn, Texas. And that was where one of his ranches was. But this is saying that that's not the only flying object in your history and lineage as well. There was something in Roswell. In Roswell, yes. The uh, debris field. Uh, J.W. Corn, he came to Fort Worth and his brother went to Roswell and founded the Corn Ranch. And the part of the debris field for the spaceship, the UFO incident in Roswell, landed on his ranch. Did he go and discover it or how does that work? His, or neighbor, actually, his, the, his neighbor actually discovered it, but um, there were some objects on his ranch as well because the debris field was rather wide. Did he keep any of them? That I do not know. There's nothing in your that's been passed down to you or anything like that. No, other than, no other than it happened, and then reading uh, the newspaper articles because it was I was I went to New Mexico Military Institute and oh, had yeah. a teacher that was there was there. He was uh, 18 years old and was on guard duty when it happened, and he said they just shut the whole base down and nobody knew nothing, and everybody was sworn to secrecy. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. So J.W. Corn was had eight children. Was that your great grandfather or your grandfather? Great, great grandfather. Great, great. Uh, or great, great, great grandfather. Okay. And my great grandfather was the first vice president of the associated press and he died in a car wreck. And, um, then my, my grandfather, my grandfather always wanted to be a rancher, but, uh, and he would, he was an engineer and went to A and M and he built neon signs 
and he built at the St. Louis World's Fair the largest neon sign in the world. What was it of? Yeah, I I don't know what it was of, uh-huh. but he also built the Centennial Liquor Sign in Dallas. Oh yeah, and uh, where is that on Harry Hines or something? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah he he yeah. He How built, do I know that he built he built that former life? And he also <laughs> and and he was one of those guys that. Uh, he would just start building and doing things. And, you know, what is now Salsa Limon was Jane Jay's oyster bar that uh, went in Topsy's Diner that was on University. Yeah. He built that building out of scrap oh, wow. metal from the bomber plant. Seriously? Seriously. So J.W. Corn, who, who is Jack Corn? Jack Corn's my gra- my grandfather, J.W. Corn's grandson. Grand- grandson, okay. Yes. Tell us a little about Jack Corn. I see in, in this write-up, it's there's some incredible things that that guy did. The most incredible thing he did was as well, he was in South Texas. He, uh, they didn't have much entertainment. So <laughs> they had an arranged fight between the cow hands and my grandfather. My grandfather lost the fight. And my uncle paid, my great, great uncle paid the guy to take that, a fall. No, to gouge my grandfather's eye out. And, he, he took and I the said, money? what did you do? And he goes, I put it back in. What do you think? I get offered so that all the time with was my co-host, but I haven't taken yeah. it yet. So, But uh, he was he was a very interesting guy. And he built, he had corn aluminum awnings as well. And those were on the Kodak building in Dallas. And he actually worked on the Pegasus, the Pegasus horse in Dallas too. Because oh, because that sign? He was the, he was a consultant on that. Uh-huh. Is he the Jeez. Pentagon AC guy? Oh, yes, that's right. I have, I almost forgot about that. Uh, this is Jack Corn, correct? Jack Corn, because he was an engineer during the, um, during the building of the Pentagon, he helped design part of the air conditioning system for one of the sections. And I do have plans of it. It's just uh, two small blueprints. In the Pentagon? Of the Pentagon, yes. Air conditioning the, system? Air, part of the air conditioning Couple system. A couple window units, yeah. you said? Yeah. Or? Nice. And then he also, he, did no, he they're come, not window units I'm, I'm there. I'm kidding, of uh-huh. course. Yeah. He, he came to Fort Worth eventually. Jack. Um, yes. He was, he was born, he was born out at the ranch actually, but he had moved to Washington DC specifically to work on the Pentagon. After this happened, he comes to Fort, what does he do in Fort Worth? He does several things that are relevant here. He knew a couple guys like a guy named Eamon Carter. Yes. Buds. Well, he was good friends with Eamon Carter and he used to walk around in a hat that Eamon Carter had given him. Mm-hmm. And, he um, had the uh, aluminum awning business and then the the uh, fluorescent light business, but he also was one of the founding members of All Saints Church. Okay, and he's the one that picked up uh, Bishop DeWolf from the from the train station, and he helped broker the deal to get All Saints Church where it was. And they wanted to make it a modern building at first, but uh, him and Mister Moncrief. Uh, thought, no, we don't like this idea. Mm-hmm. And they went and they fired the architect and got, and um, with uh, Father to Wolf, they got the same architect that had his, his father, his father had, had been a preacher in a Gothic style church. So they all got together and then got a new architect to build the church as it is now. Which is a very traditional yes, church, right? right. They yeah. went at the time they wanted it modern. Well, According to our past talks, he also he found Steeplechase. The steeplechase yes, he club, was one of the Steeplechase as well as Rivercrest, the, and, the actual club. One of the founding members of Rivercrest, and he also was a founding member of the Boat Club, Fort Worth Boat Club. Yes, and he carried a gun. 
Oh, he carried a gun uh, always. And uh, a lot of my friends thought he was a Texas Ranger because he always, he always had uh, this same blue button down shirt, the Stetson and cowboy boots. And he had this big gun on. And one time, one time on Halloween, we go to get candy from his house and uh, we, we just hear him cussing and saying, you know, expletive beggar, expletive beggars. Mm-hmm. And, and my grandfather, we go in and my, these kids come off the porch screaming because my grandfather opened the door with the gun and goes, what do y'all want? And, uh, but uh, he walked around, he walked around with that, with that gun. And um, one time they were, talking they were in a meeting of he was on the water conservation district as well and he was in a meeting with a bunch of bakers and people of influence mm-hmm. and they were talking about who 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 was going to get water and where and my grandfather pulls a gun out and puts it on the table mm. and they go what's the gun for and he says just just in case yeah so you and, know that you're not taking it from my land exactly and actually this was verified by my brother was in that same bank building uh as an assistant and a guy came up to him and said is jack coin your grandfather and he said yes he goes i was actually an assistant to someone in this room and your grandfather had pulled out that gun and really? said i just want to make sure everyone's on the up and up Wow. Anything else? These are all these are all your fa- on your father's side, or uh, this, this is my mother's side. Mother's side. On my father's side. Well, well, real any, quick, was, your, was this guy with the gun? Was he the one that got the eye gouged? Yes. Well, what happened? Did, like, did he have a scar or anything? Um, it was just discolored. It was it was discolored. Okay. Okay. Keep going. Sorry. It was discolored, and then on my father's side, his it was his uh, ancestor that was the last messenger of the Alamo, but my grandmother was a semi-pro golfer and Sports Illustrated called her the best female golfer in the United States. What was her name? Peggy Chandler. Peggy Chandler. And okay. she had won the Texas Open when uh, Babe Diggerson was disqualified because someone made a phone call because she was accepting money from, I guess it was a Dodge or Buick dealership. But uh, in the Babe Diggerson story, my grandmother's the villain in the movie. Oh, really? Right. You know, it's very interesting what you've done with your family. You found like the highlights uh, of all of them. It's it's pretty it's pretty good stuff. You Versus know? us, we find only the lowlights. Yeah, uh, yes, talk about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's talk about. Uh, Remember your, that time in the bathroom? No, I'm just yeah. kidding. I'm just kidding. Let's, <laughs> let's dig further into your mom's background. But um, tell us about this chief running bear story. Oh, that was interesting, and that was um, Jacob Matthews who got the first land grant because the Indians were there. And that's why they call it Bear Creek was Chief Running Bear. And so the one uh, off 377 there. Yes. Okay. And so in order, uh, in order to uh, graze his cattle and to, and to live and be able to ranch, uh, he had to make a deal with the local Indians and it was Chief Running Bear. And they actually smoked a peace pipe and had a ceremony and he offered them, um, Cattle, uh, cattle in exchange for and, and, using and, the in land. In exchange for using the land, right? Yeah, and for peace, and um, and so that tree supposedly we used to shoot fireworks out from underneath it when I was a kid. Yeah, and that's um at that tree, uh, they also hung cattle rustlers. Mm-hmm. 
It was, hmm. the, it was the Wild West. The tree still standing? The tree was still standing last time I was there. Oh, wow. Is it right off 377 on the left-hand side, you said? Yes. Like if you're yeah, heading right south? Right off Ben Day Murren Road. Okay. Ben Day Murren uh, was J.W. Coyne's ranch hand. Okay. And now, it wasn't it wasn't a ranch hand. He managed, I'm sorry, he managed the whole ranch. He managed the sure. entire thing. Yeah. So it was a big operation. Yeah. And so, but Ben Day Murren um, was... Uh, loyal to J.W. Corn, and he bought uh, a lot of the a lot of the ranch that he has from my aunt Opal. Okay, okay, from uh, my aunt Opal. I know we're jumping around a lot, Alexander, I'm, and I'm sorry, but the story it, it just jumps around, and just maybe that's the way it has to be. Who's Charles Yeager? Oh, Charles Yeager was my great grandfather, and he was the first vice president of the Associated Press, and he owned the Rocky Mountain News as well. And he worked for Randolph Hearst back in the day? Uh, at one point, he did. And um, the rumor was is that uh, he took the job at the Associated Press because that was to be the, uh, the guardian against Randolph Hearst taking over everything that he supposedly took that job in order to kind of keep an eye out on everything for Mr. Hurst. Do people ever tell you he that, that your stories are crazy or is, I mean, I, I believe you, we do. Cause I've heard you tell it before and I've seen the notes and seen some documentation, but do people think this stuff is so wild? It can't be true. Cause it, it is incredible. All of the places your family's touched. Oh, absolutely. And a friend of my, a friend of my mother's just said, that's absolutely not true. So my mother pulls <laughs> out this book, the tailors at tabernacle and, and, and opens the page to, <laughs> to uh nicholas martin who that came in 1620 and right. my, and she says there is right there and, and she said why would my great grandmother my grandmother's name be in this book yeah and so and uh, proved her wrong did the lady accept it who, who who made that accusation that it was not true no she accused her of uh picking up p- picking up the book and it was false <laughs> and oh. wouldn't accept it but it is kind of it is kind of unbelievable it is kind of unbelievable but the thing is is People's everybody's family has some history somewhere. Yeah, they do, and they did a lot of things. I just happen to come from a family where there's a lot of oral history. Yeah, and some of the people, and when you look at in the expanse of time, these people did things, but uh, some generations didn't do so hot, and then others it was up and down. Yeah, in that book, we in, he's seen this book that traces my family all the way back to nine twenty. They, um, it's an accounting of everybody and um, the Herbermont family, and they didn't have anything nice to say about one guy, and they just called him the bad count. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's really so, but, interesting because you, as a young guy, you probably just did a whole lot. You're a quiet guy. We right. know this. You probably just did a whole lot of sitting and listening and just hearing all right. of these incredible stories. I of these did. Folks. I learned in the constant, the thing of it was, is my grandfather was born in 1898. Oh yeah. And he took me around and I didn't think he knew my name till I was about 10. He called me Butch and we'd go out to the ranch, Uh huh. but he would tell me all these stories and he yeah. told me about how he worked on, uh, how he worked on the, largest sign in the world and the the fluorescent sign how, how fluorescent electricity worked and he told me these stories about being down on the ranch and told me the stories of his grandfather yeah and his great-grandfather and then for example when i went to san antonio for a family reunion for uh the john william smith the last messenger of the alamo they literally were setting up cameras and people were giving their own oral histories of 
who did what mm-hmm. and things. And I find it remarkable, honestly, that people, some people don't know who or where their grandparents were born. Right. But if you yeah. don't know where you came from, then how are you going to know what you're capable of and where you're sure. going? Sure. Because when I feel that I can't do something, for example, I just, um, I just Think say, back. I just say, um, uh, 170 miles because that's how, that's how, that's how far John William Smith rode his horse to give the last message of the Alamo to, uh, John, to Sam Houston. Wow. So tell, 71, let's, uh, let's, 71 miles. I'm can I sorry. ask you a more pointed question? Sure. We, we, we've jumped around again, but we're not, and we're not attempting to do that, but your mother, no, please. we're getting closer to just to where we are today, but your mom born in 36, she had yes. polio as a kid. She had polio as a kid. And she and t- tell us about some of the growing up with the, with the maid situation you've mentioned before. You remember that story? Oh, with my mother. Yeah. Well, what happened was, is they were so scared with polio. My mother had polio and, so my she had no contact with my grandmother or grandfather for several months. Mm. And so it was just the living maid housekeeper took care of her. And so it was because no one knew if it was contagious or what. Mm. So and she battled that and you couldn't you couldn't tell now that she had it. But the, it's okay for the maid to get it, I guess, is just Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then where did, where did your mother go from there? Because she has a, quite a little story herself. Oh, she went um, she went to Mex to the University of Mexico to study art, and she wound up. Um, my grandfather had said, "Well, you have one day to find roommates, or you can't stay." And she found someone that was French and spoke English, and then someone else that uh, was American, and she stayed there. And one of her friends was dating the vice president of Mexico's daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, or my mom's friend was dating the vice president of Mexico's son. So they used to go to parties at the presidential palace. Oh, wow. And she said when they were done with these parties that uh, they would just hit this big gong and everyone was supposed to leave. <laughs> but then in the, ca- in the cafe and the coffee shops, there was a great artistic movement and, uh, with, uh, with artists mm-hmm. and, and writers and a lot of existentialists hung out there. And I said, so you are an existentialist? And she said, yes. And I said, do you even know what an existentialist is? And she goes, I never did find out what an existentialist <laughs> was, but I sure was a damn good one. Yeah. <laughs> nice. A mm-hmm. um, couple more names from the family tree that I got to ask you about, because I I feel I don't want to leave any of this unturned because it's definitely worth talking about. Tell, tell us about Uncle Jack Bell. Okay. Jack Bell was a very interesting. Britton, you're going to love this. This is incredible. You're going to love this story. Okay. Jack Bell was a very interesting guy and he was a genius and a Mensa member. And at 17, he wanted to join the army air Corps. So my grandfather uh, got him in and then he went to flight school and he memorized. Uh, my mom went down to the library. She was uh, nine years old at the time, I think, and got a book of German, uh-huh. gave it to him. And while he was in flight school, he learned it. And uh, he got um, th- three, uh, uh, three oak clusters. He was uh, shot down several planes and he was so good. They put uh, a camera on the wing of his plane. And we used to watch these films when I was a kid. And so he had mailed himself back a motorcycle, by the way. Oh, but wow. uh, the most interesting thing is he, he was in the first flights over the battle of the bulge and he got shot down in Belgium and he got back on the underground 
the Underground Railroad, as they would call it. However, whatever you call it, the Underground Passage. Mm -hmm. And he could speak enough German to get by. And so he went from farmhouse to farmhouse. He traveled at night and got himself back. And he came back with um, uh, Nazi knives and things. Yeah. But uh, then after, after the war, he married and and got divorced. But the most interesting thing was, is he was a cloud seeder and he caused a couple. Do you know what that is? Brandon? No, you're about to find out. That's where you throw out. Um, um, I believe it's, it's an ionization bomb. It's a little canister and it's about, uh, I would, I would say a, about a foot long uh-huh. and about five inches in diameter. And you throw it, uh, throw it out in the clouds and it causes a reaction in the clouds and causes it to rain. <laughs> and it's called cloud seeding. And he was on what's my line for being a cloud seeder. But the most interesting thing was that he was contracted by the city of Fort Worth to do this. And he caused a flood. He caused it to rain too much. And so uh, all the um, people were saying that he was interfering with God's work and it didn't rain for a while. And there was a big controversy whether or not it wasn't the big flood anymore. though, was it? Not the big flood. Okay. Okay. This was a mini flood. So then they were going to hire him to do it again. <laughs> and um, in the Star Telegram, there was a, on the front page a, two big cartoons of him and of him, which we have of after the first one and then them threatening him yeah. not to do it again. And um, it ended his career when the Baptists got involved because the, uh, the, ba- the uh, Baptist church were suing him for interfering with God's work. So he decided uh, my grandmother, my grandmother called it quits on him being a heretic. Oh yeah. And, and interfering with God's work. So that ended his career. You think those really work? I've heard, well, I mean, they don't really work, do they? Where they throw the bomb out there and it does that. It did the day he caused the flood. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're not, we're not, we're not saying, we're not saying, um, yeah. we're not saying he caught yeah. that. Um, he, uh, the, we don't know if God did it, but the cause, but he happened to be in the cloud at the time when yeah. it started raining. Sure, yeah, sure, I've never sure. even heard of that. I mean, I want, did, has that ever been tried since then? I've never heard, even yes. heard the term. No, they there shoot was, stuff up in the, there. There was, yeah. there was, yeah, there was, there was a movie, there was a movie called the, um, the Rainmaker 2. Okay. The Rainmaker, the John Grisham book. Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh, I was thinking Rain Man. I was thinking of Tom Cruise and, movie. And the Rainmaker's about it. It's that it's that Grisham book. Yeah, I think it's a different movie. I'm sure, but anyway. And, and he he unfortunately in '62 was murdered out off of uh, out out at the ranch. How and come? It was a terrible story. A guy was hunting illegally on the ranch, and my uncle uh, told him to go away. And then the guy came back and let out did it again like a couple of days later. And then so my uncle. Uh, tied up his dogs and then the guy uh got the dogs and then came back went to the bar down the down the road went to a bar in whiskey flats i'm not sure what the bar was actually it was it was there up until about 15 20 years ago and uh got drunk went back and shot him with a double barrel shotgun my uncle my great uncle was in was in his house and heard the shot and drove him to the hospital he was dead on arrival but the amazing thing was is at that moment that happened, my mother was in Dallas. She doubled over in pain and so, and said she un, had unexplained pain and was doubled over in intense pain. And that was when he was shot too. Were they twins? No, but my mom has this weird psychic ability. Mm. She wouldn't let us go outside the day Elvis died. <laughs> she knew something wrong was going to happen. Seriously? Seriously. 
I think she's connected. <laughs> All right, I Alex. like how you say just connected. All right, Dan Chandler. Who is this guy? Uh, Dan Chandler was my uh, grandfather in Dallas, my my father's father, obviously. And he was the uh, executive officer of the Philippines. He was a West Point graduate and was the executive officer of the Philippines. And then during World War II, during World War II, he was the uh, adjutant. He was in charge of security at West Point. And because they wanted him back for allied allied uh, command, but my grandmother did not want to. She said, I went to the Philippines. I'm not going over to Europe to go get bombed, nor, nor are you. So in order to make a deal with the Army so we could serve, he agreed if he could go to West Point. And actually, my grandfather said it was harder to get my uncle and father in West Point than it was to get my uncle out of West Point because he didn't fit. But yeah. Since he was in charge of security, the most valuable asset was the was the uh, young recruits and the officers. So he took it very seriously. And my dad got a lot of jiding because the joke was is Hitler would never invade West Point because my grandfather wouldn't give him a pass. <laughs> so nobody could go out on dates right. because my granddad didn't care yeah. <laughs> how yeah. good looking she was. You were staying in the barracks oh, yeah. and safe. And yeah. so... And he was a uh, sugar. He was a sugar. He was a sugar broker, but um, and uh, so he married Peggy Chandler. Okay, uh, Peggy Lewis, who was my grandmother, who was the golfer. Is he the one that founded the New York State Police? Oh, that was George Fletcher Chandler, George Fletcher, okay. his father. My notes are bad. George Fletcher Chandler, my great uh, grandfather on my father's side. Uh, he was good friends with Roosevelt, met Roosevelt in the, he was a surgeon. Bill Roosevelt? Teddy Roosevelt. Oh, te okay, Teddy. Teddy sorry. Roosevelt during the Spanish. Who's Bill Roosevelt? Are you, are you falling asleep over there? I'm sorry, I, I mean, don't know what is know going we're on. on my camera. allergies. <laughs> allergies. Sorry. No, my allergies make me really tired. I uh, had to take a well, Benadryl because my for, allergies. Forgive my, the, for my host, it's, Alex. It's, sorry. It's, yeah. it's, 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 the, it's the tree thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, so George Fletcher Chandler, met Roosevelt during the Spanish American war and they wanted to, um, they needed a state police because it was like in the movie Porky's when you cross County lines, the sheriff wouldn't do anything if there was a crime committed and someone had, uh, from a very wealthy family, uh, child had gotten kidnapped and they couldn't do anything. And so sheriffs weren't cooperating. So he, hired my great-grandfather, the, the governor of New York, to start the first uh, New York State Police. And he went in with the uniform of my grandmother. My grandmother said, get out of here. You look like a Russian Cossack because she was German. Oh, okay. And so he said, what if I put purple in it? So she said, okay. So all he did was put a purple band on the hat. And the purple band on the hat for the New York State Police is still there. And it's an homage to my great-grandmother. Nice. Okay. I love the don't, reference to yeah. Porky's, Alexander. I mean, I've right. of all the guests with all the references, I don't believe we've ever had the reference to the movie Porky's. Uh, so good, yes, good on you that's for that the one. Best way to describe, yes. That's the best way to describe a sheriff not crossing county lines. Well, let's not forget about George Fletcher Chandler's brother, Fromer. Is that oh, correct? Fromer Chandler, his brother. Oh, no, that was my grand. That was his son. My, my uncle... Fromer Chandler. Now, with a name like Fromer, 
and and a father and a love to travel maybe military yeah. bent. Uh, he ran away from home at <laughs> fourteen because he, my great grandfather was going to send him to military school. So he joined vaudeville. He joined vaudeville, and then he moved. What's vaudeville? Vaudeville is the same place where uh, people like Bob Ho- Bob Hope, uh, George Burns, and all of them they yeah. got their st- they got their start as comedians in shows. It was it, oh, was, it was like on the Broadway, laugh, right? Yeah, it was it like was the where they did variety shows. Laugh Factory or whatever in L.A. Kind of like that stand up, right? Back in the day, yeah, right. People people uh, like George Burns and them got yep. their start, and so he moved to Hollywood and changed his name to Chick Chandler. And cool. he was in the he was in a lot of the Blondie movies, uh-huh. and he was good friends with Cary Grant. And they kept him around because he was a comedian, and they paid him something like a couple of hundred dollars a week. And they would say, "Go to this studio or go to that studio." And he was in dozens of movies. And He'd be the funny guy. And yes, he was. At first, he was a, he was a straight man, but he was a good character actor. But it, but he was hilarious, and he was the cop in "It's a Mad, 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 Mad World" that stops Spencer Tracy at the end. Huh. That's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're just kind of relating all of this thing. I'm still going back to the uh-huh. um, and the not going outside when Elvis died. <laughs> like that's just uh it's crazy. It was really weird. Same thing when when the Pope when the Pope happened and so yeah. when when the Pope got shot. Yeah. It was it was it was really weird. Oh, but my mother, they had a, the live-in maid, uh the li- live-in maid, um, Lily, uh, was from the Dominican Republic. And uh, practice voodoo and things. Oh wow! Maybe that's where that came from. Yeah, some of it. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Are, we, are we missing anybody? Is there? Any, are we missing anybody? I mean, this, there's this a lot going on here. Anybody? It, what's the craziest thing ever happened to you? Is there anything specific to you in the story? Well, let's see. The craziest thing that happened to me was as I woke up and thought, "What am I doing here?" Because I. Uh, was about to become an alumnus of Harvard Business School. And the only reason I thought that uh, I'd ever become alumnus of Harvard Business, be at a Harvard Business School, would be to deliver a pizza. <laughs> and so I just I just think being at the right place at the right time. Yeah. And uh, my life has been where I've been motivated by these people that have done things. And then so the real estate company that I had, Alexander Chandler Realty, we wound up in years selling 1.4 billion in real estate and 7,000 yeah. transactions, but they didn't happen at once. And life doesn't always go the way that you think it would would go, and things happen. But knowing the family's military background, I was fine at military school. I mm-hmm. went there because it was a tradition. I got in real estate because of my mother, and uh, she got in a car wreck and I took over her business. But these stories help motivate me. Yeah. When things aren't going well, I just look at that picture of John William Smith mm-hmm. um, of the Alamo and look there. And then I look at the history and think all these people, it, it wasn't that they woke up and they were superheroes. No one wore a cape. What they wore were people that they were ordinary people that when the time came, they did their job. Extraordinary things. Uh, yeah. They did an, ex- they did an extraordinary, they did their job in an extraordinary way mm-hmm. and they were ordinary people yeah and it was those moments those moments those moments though where uh became a catalyst for other things mm-hmm. they they mm-hmm. were people that seized opportunity is what it was yep and that's when you look back at all these people and all the things that they did 
was is instead of saying no, they said yes and they took chances, which was a good life lesson that I could always take from all of all of these people. Yeah. Well, Alex, it's been a fun ride, my man. Yeah. It's, it's a hell of a story. Yes. Um, thank you for joining us. Thank you very oh, it's much. It's been a pleasure. Yep. So we always ask our guests, that's going to be hard for you because it's all been all familial. <laughs> I got to ask you though, Alex, were you doing something like sitting around the coffee, like the, the dining room table? Because I envision you as a young boy just sitting on somebody's la- like this. And then I've, I've, I picture this family dinner of kinds and where all these stories started, like within you, were you, were you busy like drawing or, do, or just cause you got to have no, absorbed it. Somewhere. I absorbed it. My grandmother, when I was a kid, uh, for example, told me all these stories. She would give my brothers money to go to Torchest, which my grandparents lived across from Rivercrest country club. And she would give my brothers money to leave. And I didn't figure it out till later, but she wanted me to stay there and she'd tell me all these stories. Okay. And, uh, and my granddad would tell me on the way to the ranch. And then uh, my mother, my mother shared those. And my, my yeah. dad didn't speak much. He was very, he was very stoic. Yeah. But uh, it was, it was that history was, was passed down and it was passed down in the same way. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. We, oh, should, we should all have that written down. I mean, everybody's got a story as we know, but that's, it's incredible. You've done all this research and kept it intact. It's something you could save for forever now. So. Yeah. Cause a lot of people are related, are related to, to people of consequence, they're just not aware of it. Right. And so if right, they right, do right. a little research and ask those questions. Yeah. Okay. So best day of life, no family, you know, just what your, you know, what's Alexander Chandler's best day that he's ever had uh, family aside. Family aside. That was a question that I didn't um, think uh, you would ask. And actually I think the, I think the proudest moment that I did have actually was uh when I did walk across the stage at Harvard, because it was something that I'd always wanted to do. Yeah. And I did it. And I finished when I was about 49, 48 years old. Oh, was, yeah. I wanted to go to uh, a more of a prestigious college in the eighties, but because of the bank crisis, I couldn't do it, mm-hmm. couldn't afford it. And it was something I did later in life that I did not think I could do or ever accomplish. Yeah. And I accomplished it. And so that was a very proud moment. And when I walked across the stage, the uh, dean of the executive education department whispered in my ear, "You have many more mountains to climb, my friend." Oh yeah, that's and so great. That was a very pr- that was a very proud. Great moment job, great yeah, job. That's well, awesome. Thank you for joining us. We've enjoyed the time. Yeah. Thank you, Captex Bank. Thank you, Britt. Now you can get back to your naps. Come on, Whatever's man. Coming. I didn't. I don't know what was that going on. Has been another great edition of ep- uh, episode of Fortitude. Believe it or not. Yes. Thank you. 